Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I know how to not be on fire and a myth about a bathtub. Life 107.1. In case you missed it, Bam Bam from Minnesota is now the newest, most beautiful bulldog. Crowned in what? You know, kind of truly is really just a beauty contest. I love the beautiful bulldog (laughs) competition. It is, but one of the things that they don't make the bulldogs do is they don't make them do a talent, which, you know, at most scholarship contests, they do make them do some kind of a talent. You got to make sure that this bulldog's more than just a pretty face. So if there was a scholarship contest for dogs, I saw a dog yesterday that would probably win the talent contest. Really? Yes. (laughs) I saw this dog on social media, and it's a beautiful chocolate lab. Mm-hmm. But the reason why they would win the talent contest has nothing to do with their good looks. This dog that I saw yesterday on social media, when he didn't know anybody was watching, had his head submerged in his water bowl. Okay. And he was blowing bubbles. Like full on. <laughs> and all these bubbles were bubbling up. And I, you could tell that the owner like ran and got her phone oh, and yeah. came back. And this dog just kept lifting his head to breathe and then putting his head down in the water <laughs> and blowing all of these bubbles. And so finally he, he turned and looked and there she was. You know, and then he kind of just... And then he did it again. (laughs) He was full on putting his head in his bowl. I love that. And he was blowing bubbles. So you pull him out of the beauty competition. He's like, bring me the bowl. (laughs) I will now perform wonders. This is talent. We have a new most beautiful bulldog in the state of Iowa. His name is Bam Bam. And in honor of this most beautiful bulldog, we're talking about our own pets. But... Even though they're all beautiful to us and they're all the most beautiful pet in our lives, we're actually talking about their talents because many, many of our pets have some pretty silly talents. Maybe you've taught them an awesome (laughs) trick. Maybe they've taught themselves something that's a little (laughs) odd slash adorable. I was a safety person in my career and when we got a new dog from the shelter, years ago, my husband said, well, you can do better than teach him, sit and roll over and all that kind of stuff. So if we ask my dog, what do you do if you're on fire? He stops, drops, and rolls. Yes! And he does it very well. What yeah. a good boy! He knows fire safety. Yes, he does. <laughs> I love that. Stops, drops, and rolls. Man, that is probably the hardest I've studied for something in school. When I learned about stop, drop, and roll, I was like, I'm going to be ready. (laughs) When that day comes, I'm going to ace that test. That is such an insight into you. (laughs) I was was very concerned. I I thought being ablaze would have been a bigger issue in my life. Than what you needed to learn from fourth grade history. Yeah, I I don't (laughs) know. I couldn't tell you who the 28th president was. I know one of them needed a special bathtub. Oh, goodness. I think that's a myth. Really? Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) Some elementary education I had. See? I know how to not be on fire and a myth about a bathtub. It's great when you get these pets 
and they come with these really crazy quirks built into them. I love the silly pet <laughs> tricks we've been hearing this morning. You got a good one, Angela? You know what cats like to go in the bathroom when you go to use the bathroom? They're yes. right there. And this, this girl cat, she wants to be in the laundry sink when you take a shower she wants in the laundry sink, and she's waiting for you to turn that water on to a little trickle, yep. and then she gets under it, and she's licking herself and taking her bath, <laughs> and then we put a towel over our top of our washing machine, and so when you're done and you get out to dry off, she jumps on top of the washing machine, lays down on her towel, and dries herself off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Your cat takes a shower with you. She does, and when my husband comes <laughs> home from work... She will sit there and wait for him. She will meow at him and tell him it is time for your shower. So she can, and she will wait him down the stairs to, to the bathroom. She's an odd cat. She's a wonderful cat. Oh, I love that, though. She takes a shower in the laundry sink. She's a very clean cat. Yeah, it sounds like it. Hey, Lauren, do you have a pet trick to tell us about? So when I was growing up, I was pet sitting for a really close family friend who went to our church. They had a parakeet, and they went out of town for two weeks, and they ended up coming back and asked if I just wanted to keep him. So I ended up falling in love with this parakeet, and he was super sweet, would fly around the house. You know, teenage love comes and goes. And uh, when I broke up with my like ninth grade boyfriend, you know, I'm sitting on the bed sobbing and he flies over and he starts ripping up with his cute little beak pictures of my <laughs> <laughs> You didn't need him anyway. That <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. I was like no longer sad or mad. I was like, this is amazing. Like, Thank you. Thank you, God, for putting this bird in my life to help me <laughs> destroy these memories. <laughs> The way that he's acting about this, I wonder if this should be in the list of top 10 stressors. Oh, wow. But my friend Keith, scrolling through Facebook the other night, and, and I saw on his on his feed a picture of a very beat up, very well-loved wallet. It's just a brown leather wallet. But his wallet is gone. Mm-hmm. Now, this wallet has seen him through decades. It has been run over. It has been stuffed. <laughs> it has been, as I said, well-loved. And somehow, someway, it got lost, which that in and of itself is ter- terribly stressful. So he's had all of his cards replaced, but now he wants to replace that wallet. Which oh, boy. They don't make it anymore. And so he put out on Facebook, he's like, hey, guys, could you help me try to find a wallet just like this? So I sent him a link to one that I found on Etsy that I thought was a perfect, perfect replica. And he sent me back a note. Oh, that's so close. It's just a, a little thicker than mine Wow. Was. I mean, like, come on, dude. You're being a little bit picky here. In his defense, wallet shopping gets pretty stressful. Well, because you get used to where all of your cards are and where all your things go. And it's like the next time you have to grab your credit card, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're swiping out your Kohl's rewards. Yeah, I, <laughs> nice. I realized... If my wallet got lost, mm-hmm. I would probably be just as picky as Keith. Really? I think I've had the same wallet for 18 years. Whoa! 18 years! That's Your wallet can vote, Jen! <laughs> yeah, Taylor's going to come along with me for the ride on this one. We think that as an adult, you've probably had more cars 
then you've had wallets. So you can help us prove or disprove this theory if you want. As far as vehicles and wallets, my wife would say I never found a Ford truck I didn't want to bring home. So (laughs) definitely vehicles. Definitely vehicles. So what about your wallet? Mine, I haven't had too many of them, but my wife has had the same one for 26 years. Ah! 26 years. Yeah, we got one when we first got married. But my mother-in-law, my wife's mom, had hers for 42 years. Oh, my goodness. That's impressive. That's aspirational. (laughs) What kind of state were these wallets in at the end of their days? My mother-in-law's was really, really good. Mm -hmm. My poor wife, hers is uh, getting shot. We actually looked at one earlier this week. Oh, no. (laughs) Has that been difficult? Yes. She's going to have to say goodbye, and it's going to be hard for her. Be kind and understanding. Take her out to dinner. Buy her some nice jewelry. Get her a pedicure. It's going to be rough. Yep, I understand. (laughs) My friend Keith lost his wallet, and he has asked his Facebook community to help him replace it, and he wants exactly the same one. And I was getting a little, like, upset at him for being so picky. (laughs) And then I realized... I think I actually have that kind of attachment to my wallet. I have been carrying it for 18 years. So this has brought up an interesting theory that we're asking your help on uh, proving or disproving. As an adult, have you owned more vehicles or wallets? Um, I think my picker's broken when it comes to cars. Oh, no. Oh, really? (laughs) So there's my answer. (laughs) So how long have you had your wallet? Probably about 12 years. See? Yeah. 12 years. And isn't it slightly traumatic to change? It is. Thank you. I don't want to think about that. (laughs) Okay. We won't force you down that path any farther. It's kind of a silly question, but I bet you'd never thought of it. I hadn't until yesterday when Jen posed it to me. As an adult, have you had more vehicles or more wallets? I've probably had about three wallets in 30 years. This one I've had about 10 years. And it's not so much the wallet that's sentimental to me. It's what's inside of it. 37 years ago, my two-year-old daughter got into my wallet, destroyed everything, you know, all over the floor. Yep. And my wife gathered it all up, just shoved it back in there. Well, one of the things that got put back in there was one of her barrettes. Oh. I've been carrying it for 37 years since. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. If I lose my wallet, I'd be distraught. Not because of my license and all this other stuff. It's that little barrette that I've been carrying for 37 years. My friend lost her purse on Friday night when everybody was out taking pictures of their kiddos before prom. She lost it and a good Samaritan returned it to City Hall. Yay! And we'd love to hear your lost and found story. The crazier, the better. So my parents just recently moved to the area and had bought a new TV. And then my mom said the next day that she'd spent like an hour looking for the TV remote. And I was like, Mom, it has to be there. I know for a fact it has to be there. Like, I saw it yesterday. And she's like, but I've torn your dad's office apart. I can't find it anywhere. So I drove over to their house. I helped them look. I looked for like 30, 45 minutes. I could not find that remote anywhere. Mm. Well, I got back home, and my mom texted me, and she's like, you're never going to believe this. (laughs) But I went to go get undressed to take a shower. And she wears these like black cotton pants that have these like deep pockets in them. (laughs) And so she's like, guess where the remote was? (laughs) And I said, you have got to be kidding me. She had the remote in her pocket. The whole time it was in her pants pocket. So, yeah. Hey, Jackie. Do you have a lost and found story? How about a lost and never found? Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, no. What happened? When I was younger, I had two older brothers. 
And one year, my parents failed at Christmas and bought them pellet guns. Pellet guns! And, well, my oldest brother didn't have a lot of common sense and decided one day to go out and shoot us kids. Oh, boy. Well, my mom was not very happy, so she took his pellet gun away. Mm-hmm. And she said she was going to keep it for two weeks, and she hid it. We never did find it, <laughs> even when we moved. <laughs> did she forget where she put it? Yes. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> what did your brother do? Oh, he wasn't very happy, well, but <laughs> he learned his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Amber's got a lost and found story. Several years ago, when my three kids were pretty small, I had a best friend that lived several states away, and she also had three kids that were pretty small. And we used to talk on the phone often, at least once a day, you know. We were on the phone one time, and it was shortly before I needed to pick my oldest up from preschool. As she's telling her story, I'm walking around, I'm, you know, getting the kids' coats on, you know, whatever, trying to get out the door and... She must have felt my anxiety because I was looking for something. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, look, I said, I got to go get Caden from preschool. And she goes, oh, can you not find your keys? And I'm like, no, I can't find my phone. (laughs) (laughs) And there was was about a 30-second pause. And, I mean, I was looking. And she goes, aren't you on it? (laughs) Why do you think we like lost and found stories so much? Is it because the found part is so very joyous? I think so, mm-hmm. especially when it's a little bit surprising, like what happened with Greg. My grandma passed away back in 2006, but when we were cleaning out her house, we could not find this family heirloom quilt that was handmade by one of my great-great-grandparents. And so we were really distraught. We couldn't figure out what to do. So my mom just started trying to think of any place that she would have stashed it or taken it or something. And out of the blue, we decided to go start going to different dry cleaners. And she went to about three different dry cleaners and nobody had it. And something something told her to go to this one that we rarely used. And she walked in, explained the situation, and the ladies behind the counter said, hold on a minute. She walked out, and here is that handmade family heirloom quilt that my grandma had taken to get dry cleaned before her death. Wow. And to this day, it's on display in my parents' house. I haven't been able to stop talking about this for like the last three days. <laughs> She's been mystified. But I can't stop thinking about this video that my friend posted on her Facebook page. My friend Rachel posted it. And I think it's from 2021. So forgive me for being a little bit behind. But in it... A gentleman who calls himself the definitely not gourmet chef or cook or whatever makes mashed potatoes. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I make mashed potatoes for big events, not little events because it's a lot of work. But this gentleman made mashed potatoes out of a bag of Lay's potato chips. And the first time Jen told me that, I was like, what? I could not stop watching. I had to watch the entire thing from start to finish because I thought to myself, there is no way, which I don't know why I was so mystified by it. I mean, potato chips are cut it up should, potatoes. Yeah, it, it, they, they, they come pre-seasoned for you. So it's, it's a little bit like rehydrating them, I suppose. But yeah. it's just, it kind of blew my mind. He poured a bag of Lay's potato chip, a giant party size bag into boiling water. Sort of, kind of reconstituted them. (laughs) 
poured it into a big bowl, added butter, sour cream, and chives, and proceeded to mash it with a potato masher. And then he had, voila, these mashed potatoes. Has anybody else heard of that? Is anybody else mystified by that? Has anybody done that and tasted it? Because I have, I have to know. Did you know you can make mashed potatoes out of a bag of Lay's potato chips and a pot of boiling water? I know because I found it on Facebook. I, you know, when you first said that, I was like, whoa. But then I was like, you know, it like it makes sense. Does it? Uh, apparently to Laura, it does. This has been around for a while. Really? Yes. And not only can you use the Lay's potato chips to make mashed potatoes, but you can actually take them and you can mold it into kind of like a dough and flatten it out. And you could put like stuff in it and you can make different like potato balls out of it or like um, enchiladas or stuff oh like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not joking. And it tastes really good. You're going to be amazed at how them things taste. Have you done it? <laughs> yes, I have. You've okay. done it? Yeah, this is like over 10 years ago. So oh, wow. This has been around. We okay. are really late to the party. Thank you for making me feel completely <laughs> old and irrelevant. <laughs> So mashed potatoes <laughs> made from Lay's potato chips. I think I started watching it in horror when I realized that the gentleman was going to pour an entire bag of beautiful mm-hmm. Lay's potato chips into boiling water. I mean, Lay's potato chips, to me, they're one of my favorite foods that I don't let myself have. Yeah. And he poured an entire bag of them into boiling water. So wh- why wouldn't you want that's like that's that's Lay's custard. Like that's, you know, turn something awesome and make it into something different awesome. Because one of the things that I love about potato chips is the crunch, which is not going to happen after they've been boiled in water and turned into, quote, mashed potatoes. What if you do like like with a chili where you just crunch up some other lays and put them inside the mashed lays? Okay, well, I'm (laughs) going to tell you, actually, my thoughts on this whole thing were kind of encapsulated by a friend's comment. Okay. She said, I kind of feel like this was a college guy Uh that came up with this recipe while trying to impress his date with his cooking skills, but then he realized at the last (laughs) second that he forgot real potatoes. (laughs) And he didn't have instant buds either, so he went with the next best thing, and it turned into this viral sensation. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.